This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. A blessed day to all our faithful listeners of Radio K Pulpit. I'm your host, Susan Moss, in ICANN, as we embark on a captivating journey through the tapestry of faith and practical Christianity. Through enlightening discussions and real-life stories, we'll navigate the complexities of belief, personal growth, and impactful community action. Uncover the power of faith on ICANN as we bring to you from the word to your heart. Our topic today is Let's Sing. Now, our scripture reading today is in Luke 1, verse 39 to 56. Quite a long chapter. You're so welcome to read it at home with the family, and I'm sure you will be blessed. Now, picture this, a little house in a little town in a hill country of Judea about 2,000 years ago. It's the home of an aging Jewish priest, Zechariah, and his wife, Elizabeth. They're getting a little age on them now. For years, they've prayed to have a child, but it never happened. For some reason, God never answered his prayer until now. That is now, late in life, so late, in fact, that it can only be called a miracle. Elizabeth is expecting a child, and not just any child, mind you. The angel Gabriel appeared to Zechariah when he was burning incense in the temple, what was for most priests a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Gabriel's appearance certainly made it more memorable for Zechariah. But what was even more stunning was Gabriel's message. Elizabeth was going to bear a son, a boy who would be great before the Lord, would be filled with the Holy Spirit from birth and would become the prophet who would prepare the way for the Messiah. And now Elizabeth is six months along. An unexpected visit happened. But on this day, something even more special is going to happen to Elizabeth. She's about to receive a visit, an unexpected visit from a younger relative, Mary. Now, Mary has been pledged to be married to a conscientious and upright man named Joseph. Like other Jewish couples, their betrothal will last for a full year before their actual marriage, more binding than our engagement. They as legally bound as if married, though they don't yet live together and enjoy all the privileges of being husband and wife. But this betrothal can only be dissolved by a legal divorce. Mary has become a long way, all the way from Nazareth in Galilee, about an 80-mile trip. It's a long way on a donkey. More than likely, she has made the journey on foot, apparently by herself. Mary comes to the door and knocks. Elizabeth has no idea who it is. As she makes her way to the door and opens it, to her utter surprise, it's her younger cousin Mary, probably the last person she expected to see. She's glad to see her, but maybe she's wondering why she's here, how she got here. Isn't your father with you? Has it already been a year and your husband Joseph has brought you? 
And then Mary speaks and something happens. Elizabeth's baby, who would be John the Baptist, leaps within her. Suddenly, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and she loudly explains. In Luke 1 verse 42 to 45, it says, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why? Am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of you, of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my home leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Somehow in that sacred moment, Elizabeth knows with the response of her own baby and with the Holy Spirit filling her, all the dots connect that she realizes that Mary is to be the mother of the Messiah. It's an awesome moment, isn't it? Mary knows because she also had a visit from Gabriel. He's told her in that miraculous way, even though she's still a virgin, she will bear the Messiah. No man will be his father instead, but God's direct creative act in her, she would bear the Messiah, the Son of God. Mary may have thought that no one would believe her, that they think she was crazy or playing on the messianic hopes of popular piety to cover up a sin. But now, without Mary saying a single word except to greet her, Elizabeth knows. And Elizabeth blesses her and the Messiah she will bear. When Mary hears Elizabeth's blessings, she breaks out in a song. And you can read that in chapter 1 from verse 46 to 55, how her soul glorifies the Lord. And Mary was singing to the Lord. In the Bible, singing is a very important aspect of worship, both personal and congregational. The book of Psalms is both Israel's prayer book and her hymn book. After all, hymns are often prayers put to song. Many times in scripture, when God did something new, his people sang a song, a new song, to celebrate his mighty acts, as Moses and the Israelites did after crossing the Red Sea. In Exodus 15, the prophetess Deborah and the military leader Barak did after the victory over the Canaanites and General Sisera in Judges 5. Sometimes it was an individual who sang of God's mercy and mighty acts as Hannah did in 1 Samuel 2 after she dedicated her boy child Samuel to the Lord and left him at the temple. And so now Mary, like Hannah, sings of God's mercy and power because of a promised son, praising God for his mercy and his mighty works for her and his people. But Mary, why are you singing? If you could ask her, Mary, why are you singing? She might say something like this. Why am I singing? Because my Lord has done far more for me than I could ever imagine. And family, we can testify of that many a times. But he sent his angel Gabriel to tell me that he has chosen me to be his son, the coming one we've been waiting for so long. I don't deserve this. It's God's unbelievable favor for me. I'm just a poor peasant girl, pledged to be married to a carpenter. Yet God has graciously chosen me 
out of all the women of Israel to bear the Messiah, and you simply won't believe how he has chosen to do it. My baby won't be the son of a human father. God has placed this child in me in a totally miraculous way. But Mary, do you really expect people to believe that? What's everybody going to be saying about you? Oh, I know. People are going to talk and accuse Joseph and me of improper behavior. Or worse yet, they might accuse me of being unfaithful to Joseph. But this is God's doing. My baby is God's act. And he's going to be the perfect messianic king that has promised us for so long. The Lord God is going to give him the throne of his father David and is going to rule over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. I don't understand it at all and I guess I'll ponder it for the rest of my life. But I have to sing because God has done great things for me and all generations will call me blessed because of what he has done. And he hasn't just done great things for me. I sing because God has done and is going to do great things for his people through this baby I'm going to have. He is going to show his mercy through him. He's going to deliver us through him. He's going to bring down the proud and lift up the humble and fill the hungry. He's going to help us and fulfill his promises and save us. I have to sing St. Mary. So Mary was singing, and let us sing with her. How can we do otherwise? The coming of the Messiah and his promised return call forth our songs of joy and praise. There are times when the most proper, indeed the only appropriate response is to sing. Music moves us at a deeper level than almost anything else can. Singing expresses our innermost feelings in a way that almost nothing else can. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eyes on the sparrow and I know he watches me. I'm sure all of us knows that song. Now what's the message here in trying to convey as we sing that song? We can sing anytime, everywhere, in any circumstances. We can sing with Mary. But maybe we don't feel like singing every time. Things aren't going well for us every time. There's sickness or death among your or family or friends, or, or are, are we going through some kind of trial or heartache? And we're sitting here saying, how can I sing? But we sing because of what God has done and is going to do in Jesus Christ. We look beyond our own circumstances into the past and towards the future. We take God as his, at his word and we open our hearts and our mouths and sing out what God has done. For even when we don't feel like singing, remembering what he's done and what he's promised to do calls forth our song. Mary sang, though she knew folks who talk about her. She sang, though her beloved nation was occupied by Roman soldiers. And as she sang, Mary praised God for his mercy and mighty works for her and his people. And so we must keep on singing because 
we know we serve a good God. And so let us sing with Mary every day, for the Lord is done and will do great things for us and for our people. And so his name can be blessed forevermore. God bless you. And if I can, family, you can. And together we can make a difference as we sing along in every challenge, in every circumstance we're going through. God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.